time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by the one, the only, Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire to look back on this week in history. Good morning. Good How morning, are you? Aaron. Well, it is good to be here, especially President's Week. Uh, that was Monday, the Uniform Holiday Act that was enacted in 1968 that moved some of the holidays. Now, informally, the country had already been celebrating Washington's birthday on uh, February 22nd and also Lincoln's birthday on February 12th. But the uniform holiday combined some of these holidays like we know, like Martin Luther King or this one as well. I think we should go back to the way. I want two days off. (laughs) Well, how many people really I love I love Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. And I want to take the entire day (laughs) to focus on my celebration of their memory. There was a time for 150 years or 200, almost 200 years in this country when that was the case, when people celebrated these birthdays separately. Uh, and they remembered. Now you say President's Day, and people go, "Who? What?" <laughs> and you know, when you look at uh, George Washington, born in 1732, lives to 1799, 67 years old. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, born in 1809, uh, lives to 1865. In his 50s, you know, these guys were young by today's comparison. Oh, you know, yeah. we're making co- complaints, but really, is it's astonishing that we have. Uh, people who are living longer and have their facilities, and even though those are questioned, but these people did incredible things in their lifetime. Here's George Washington, the age of 22, and he's in the middle of war in 1754 in that uh, uh, the uh, French-Indian War that goes on for years and years and years. So uh, a person who was involved in public service could have retired after the, the Revolutionary War and said, that's it, folks. And instead, uh, he's the unanimous choice to become the president. Well, he keeps he Godfather style trying to get out and getting pulled <laughs> back in. Like, How many right. times did Washington actually retire only to get a call from someone <laughs> saying, hey, we need you for one more, just one, one more thing. Just have a little exactly. tiny favor. Well, he finally Can you a, preside over the Constitutional well, Convention? Can it. you run the country for a few years? <laughs> and then after two terms, he said, that's it. Enough. That's a, that's a good enough. So, you know. <laughs> Unplugged his phone. Unplugged. <laughs> Unplugged. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, uh, so that's one of those days that we say President's Day, but maybe just like you, maybe we should be celebrating both those days. Both of those days, yes. At the beach, ideally. There's a nice, there's a nice like spot. (laughs) Just like they would have liked. In the Outer Banks where you can commemorate the the presidents of yore. Should mention in the the midst of Washington and Lincoln both dying young, John Adams was 90 when he died, so they were living long even back then. Oh, that's right. And um, he comes up this week, too, because a uh, treaty was signed that he helped uh, that uh, brought Florida uh, into the United States. It's hard to believe that here in the early 19th century, Florida was still part of Spain. And so it takes a treaty to be signed in 1819 that brings uh, uh, Florida into the United States, and then it will take the Louisiana Purchase to actually extend the United States even further uh, so that Kansas is not part of Spain. <laughs> so, you know, if you look at the early part of the country, it, uh, the history, it really looks like Europe. We have Spain, we have France, we have England, and slowly we sort it out. Uh, but that's one of the things. That, so when you mentioned him, I said, oh, yeah, he was involved in that. So that's a good thing. I like how our definition of sorting it out involves just booting everyone else out of the continent. <laughs> well, I know. No, I think it's diversity. We, we, we embrace those Spanish roots. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. Um, Lugenia Hope. Now, I had not heard of her. 
1871, lives in 1947, African-American. This is a part of the century when she comes of age when, of course, there are the Jim Crow laws. She moves to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Her husband becomes president of what becomes Morehouse College. Um, But she actually begins to work with students to say, what are the needs of the community? And in a very practical way, says, we might not have the laws, but we can do things uh, in terms of advancing medical and educational uh, uh, outreach to people. And she does. And then she also realizes that people are not well-versed, especially African-Americans, in the history of the country and develops a six-week course uh, about civics and history that really becomes a precursor to what the civil rights does later on, to educate people about their rights nice. and the responsibilities, which is a great thing. But there's something else that happens on the – and so she was born on the the, uh, uh, the 19th. Uh, uh, but there's something else that happens on the 19th, which is – I had to actually check this out because I, I it was hard to believe. And it's about two guys – uh, uh, one was named Louis uh, Brunke, who was 20, uh, 32, uh, Hermosa Beach, California, and Vladimir Vasinko, 33, who had immigrated from Russia to France, and they decide to do something really crazy. They decide to go on horseback from the tip of South America all the way to Alaska. Takes them five and a half years, uh, and which is— <laughs> I, too, would like to be independently wealthy— <laughs> <laughs> and do silly things for five and a half years with no job, no gainful employment here's the, here's at all. Here's the amazing thing. After going through 14 countries, you know, all the kind of uh, challenges, one horse out of the several horses did survive the entire trip. I wonder if they, you know, if the horse took a train back or something or did they return? I don't yeah. know. It did inspire somebody else uh, the following year since they uh, – when they uh, arrived to actually begin a 20-year trip, uh, and, and he went on pretty much the same voyage, but he was solo. Um, when was this? This was in uh, 1994. I mean, let me see. Um, uh, this is the early equivalent of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos shooting up into space for 20 minutes. Yeah, this is 1988 is when they left. Okay. They arrived in 1993. Okay. They did film their journey, and it does become a documentary uh, uh, later on, 20,000 miles by horseback. <laughs> I know it's at the top of your must-see. <laughs> <laughs> Might be good. You never know. <laughs> and then another guy uh, starts Get Werner uh, Herzog to put it together. It's <laughs> yeah, going to be fantastic. Uh, well, then they'd have to, you know, tow some kind of a steamboat or something. Right, right, yeah. Well. yeah. Um, so those are kind of two interesting fellows uh, that uh, did something wild and wacky just because they said, well, let's try it. Um, the other one uh, that comes up uh, this week is um, an interesting game uh, that goes by a a really strange uh, title. And um, what I'm looking at is to say exactly what the title, well, it's too bizarre to pronounce, but it was in the 1870s. (laughs) It was, it really was. And it didn't really catch on except that he was a genius at marketing it. And uh, eventually people said, oh, this is really good because up to this time, this particular sport had been played indoors. And so he moves it outdoors, puts up a net, gets rackets involved, 
and it becomes the game of lawn tennis. Yeah, interesting. Which is really what interesting. was this game before they got rackets and a net involved? <laughs> well, like, was it just like people? They, they, well, first they did with their, like, hands, their hands, like batting that's a right. ball back and yeah, forth with each other with no lines yes, or anything. That's just, right. And then finally, uh, rackets, which was a huge uh, uh, technological achievement, uh, and then it was uh, uh, the ball. So you know. That that's the, the <laughs> believe it or not. Speaking with Scott Washington, history matters. Uh, we got time for one more. What do we got? Okay. Well, if you like going into any store in America and saying, "Here's the price. Here's the merchandise," um, you can all trace it back to F. W. Woolworth, uh, who began this practice of doing that. Up until this time, uh, when he started, um, F. W. Woolworth uh, would uh, people would just go into a store and they would request merchandise basically to buy it it would be kept behind the counter and okay you want this here okay now you can buy it but it wasn't up for sale he's the first person who not only put it out for sale but also had prices that were very low began the five cent store yep. when five cents was a big deal and um, his first store in utica uh, new york failed but it didn't stop him. He said, well, let's just try it somewhere else. And they did. He even used the same sign. <laughs> they moved down to Pennsylvania. And it went on. Uh, of course, you know, today's uh, Walmart and other stores are like the, 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 uh, the one descendants of this. But F.W. Woolworths, and here's the fascinating thing. It didn't really necessarily go out of business. They changed their name. And today, you know them by the name Foot Locker. Interesting. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So creativity. More than five writing. cents for that's the right. merchandise they've got out there. Well, now. that's yeah. right. And this yeah. is a week also when John Glenn uh, went around uh, the, the earth several times and everyone was amazed. Uh, but it was all because some chimps named Ham and Enos went the year before, 1961. And he's in this week in history, uh, February of 1962. And, so, and that's how history matters. It is. Scott Washington, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Eric.